welcome to Splatter Chatter, where October never dies. I am one of your hosts, Ms. Malmoy. I'm the other host, Mr. Craig Gers. And we have a third ghost lurking in the background, who I realize now we did not come up with a fun name for. So she's just Miss Colleen, I guess. I'm the Phantom of the Opera of this podcast. She exists. Ah, mentioned. Hi-ya. I am mentioned quite frequently, but yes. now I finally appear. She's here. Yes. We promised it for like a year and a half, and here she is. And you are our first guest on the show. Yay! Yay! Claps. Yes. Spooks. Welcome yeah. to Splatter Chatter, Colleen. <laughs> it's great. Hello. Great to be here. <laughs> great to be here. Thanks <laughs> for having me. Yeah, so we, uh, the long-promised... Um, Video Goms podcast with Miss Colleen, who um, is probably even more well versed in horror video games than we are. Not necessarily the <laughs> horror aspect, but just because she knows yeah, video games. I was like, which which is ridiculous because I'm not a huge horror person in terms of film. Um, yet somehow I keep ended up watching horror playthroughs and horror video games. So I have seen quite a few of them in my day. Um, started with Resident Evil. I watched my brother play that when I was like ten or eleven. Um, and it's kind of, Resident Evil Four was like the pinnacle horror video game. Might still be. It was just great. Um, not to mention you had the president's daughter popping out of various trash bins like a gopher. Um, I don't recall that part. Oh yeah, the whole plot of Resident Evil Four is like you're saving the president's daughter Ashley. I um, date with the president's daughter. She is oh, super yeah. annoying, and you really don't care when she gets killed. And you killed. hope she gets but eaten I, by zombies or vampires. But I digress. Um, so, yeah, I've been watching them for quite some time. Nice. That's quite the resume. It is. You should sell that to a place where they might hire you for that. Just to watch yeah. the internet, video. I guess. Just to watch so, here you are. Um, <laughs> So yes. I am not as well versed as, as Miss Colleen. Um, I too watched. I don't have a brother though, so it was my older cousin specifically. When we would go to the beach, he would bring his PlayStation and play Silent Hill, and I would sit there and be nice. super scared in the living room and watch him play. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I'm very. I play a lot of games, but I get really like I. I very much feel that. Um, that vicariousness when you're playing a video game so I'm very easily spooked in that situation because it's like I don't want to go into the dark room because it's me going into the dark room even though it's just the game person um so I watch other people play for me um <laughs> because I get the scurred um and, and we'll... it's, it's gotten worse with like VR and stuff yeah when no you I don't literally do I have a friend I'm just I... like no I have a friend no, no, no. who works for Ubisoft Canada who's got a VR and always invites me to play. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass. I don't need an augmented reality um, zombie game. But um, yeah, so I know a bit, not as much as Miss Colleen, but I know some stuff. Mr. Kruggers, on the other hand, I yeah, I was never much of a gamer growing up or even now. Probably like. A couple of, like PlayStation games here. I'm talking like PlayStation. I don't even think I ever graduated to PS2. Oh. And um and like Pokemon Lots of Spyro games. in your children childhood. Lots of Spyro in my childhood. Crash let Bandicoot. me tell you. Crash Bandicoot, Mario, oh, yeah. um, and then uh, Pokemon up till like 
I don't know, Diamond and Pearl. I've dropped off since then. So I was never too, too much of a gamer. And horror video games is probably the one uh, medium of horror that I know the least about. Um, I could give you bullet points for a lot of the big games and the famous ones, but um, that's that's definitely my, like least well-versed area of horror. So I'm excited to talk to people that know more than I do um, in this realm of horror, which to pull a bit of a Dumbledore doesn't happen very often because I know a shit ton about horror. Um, But before we get to that, let's do some horror headlines and catch up on some things we've been doing since the last episode. For myself, I want to highlight a couple of things. Um, The new season of Santa Clarita Diet is out on Netflix. And it is so good. It is just as good as the first season. (laughs) You say that like you're already anticipating the... uh... Listen, it's because... here's, Here's the reason why people don't want to watch it. One, because it's technically a zombie show and we're all over zombies. But it's not really a zombie show book. I mean, like it is, but it's a horror comedy, so it's not like The Walking Dead. And two is the other reason people don't want to watch it is because of Drew Barrymore. <laughs> like Mr. Eric. Has I was going to say, I think that's just Mr. Eric's <laughs> specific. Yeah, but he loves him. Santa Clarita Diet, and that is the highest recommendation because he loves this show, but he hates Drew Barrymore. <laughs> and it's starting off to a really strong start. Um, it's so funny. And the gore is so over the top. I really recommend it. Um, oh, I'm also reading The Terror. Ooh, yes. yes. The Terror. Terror. Which um, is a famous horror novel from about 10 years ago. And it is finally getting um, an adaptation. It just started a, a, a TV miniseries on AMC, uh, which sort of prompted me to pick up the novel. And it's really good. It's, I'm about... 400 pages in it's really really creepy i've heard it's really really freaking good it is um the first 150 pages or so kind of a slog because there's a lot of like mid 19th century boat talk (laughs) my favorite type of talk (laughs) um which i guess okay so out of context that sounds really weird so the terror is the story is about um Dan Simmons takes the historical events of the HMS Terror and the HMS Erebus, which are two ships that were trying to traverse the Northwest Passage in the mid-1800s. And they, we know that they got stuck in the ice somewhere up at the Arctic at some point, and then they were never heard from again. <laughs> and in recent years, they've, they've kind of pieced together what their final days were look like. We know that they all died. There's evidence that cannibalism may have been involved. My favorite. So Dan Simmons' novel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in these situations. It's funny. I actually mentioned that once. I was like, I'm a vegetarian, but like, I'd probably be the first to just go for it. (laughs) Where that's concerned. You so would be the first to eat us. (laughs) You wouldn't know. You wouldn't feel it. I know. So, yeah. So Dan Simmons, his novel is... Um, part historical fiction and part like speculative horror about um, and it's a combination of the 
evilness of man, basically, and homophobia and toxic masculinity nice. that um, he brings out in these in these characters, which are based on real life people, and then with a little bit of a supernatural element. So it's the paranoia and the threat of each other combined with an external supernatural threat as well. And it's really, really good. I recommend it. Nice. Um, and the last thing I just have to say before I'll let Miss Mel do any updates she has, I was listening to the last episode and I mentioned that Michelle McNamara, who is the author of I'll Be Gone in the Dark, um, the book about the Golden State Killer, which I was pimping last episode, I mentioned that she died of cancer. I have no idea where I pulled that from. She did not die of cancer. I thought you said she was still alive. I was about to say, like, she is dead, right? She is dead. She is dead. She had, um, she overdosed, basically. And I don't even know if it was accidental or intentional. I think it's, I think it was accidental from what, like, it's not, it's not, there's not a lot of information out there about Mm. that. And I apologize. I truly don't know from what tree I grabbed that fact. <laughs> that low-hanging fruit. <laughs> that was not true whatsoever. Um, her book is still amazing, though. <laughs> Nothing else has changed. Nothing has Nothing. changed except that tidbit of information. Except that tidbit of information. So Ooh. that's what I've got <laughs> in terms of catching everybody up since the last episode um yeah Yeah, nice stuff good stuff um i don't have too much uh a quiet place had its um premiere where did it have its premiere I think it premiered at South by Southwest. South by Southwest. That's it. I was like, there's something happening right now, and it's about directions. South by Southwest. Uh, it had its premiere rave reviews. Um, I think it still currently has 100 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I mean, are... I get anxiety just watching the trailer, so. <laughs> it does. I checked it. But can I just say, like, keep in mind, everybody, that Rotten Tomatoes is an aggregator. Yeah. So what it what that means is that the rating, the overall critic rating is, it's not that every critic has given it 100%, it's that the majority of reviews are positive rather than negative. I'm not saying that A Quiet Place isn't gonna be amazing, I'm sure it is, but just, you know, be careful with your (laughs) expectation, 100% Um, score. It got compared a bit to, Get out and don't breathe in terms of like being the socially conscious um, horror film of the year, as I sure. one review put it. Um, didn't say specifically what it was. There, I know there's some stuff there talking about um, obviously family units and like metaphors for like when nuclear families break down and that sort of thing. And it's all just very screwy because, um, you know, that trailer was incredibly anxiety inducing um but yes very much at the very least we can say right now it's probably not going to be a bust which is good right Um, yeah speaking of yeah busts oh sorry well speaking of busts on the other end of that spectrum zach bagan's film demon house came out on the 16th of march um 
And my sister has a theory that basically he bought this house, realized while he was making the film that the whole thing was like a sham and didn't know what to do. So, like, after he made this crap film, he demolished the house so that, like, nobody could go in and disprove his disprove his stuff. Interesting. Yeah, and that's why the film sucked. Because it did suck. And if you haven't heard or if you haven't seen it yet, Zach Bagans bought the house where the supposed um, Ammon's family haunting and possession took place. And he was like, I'm going to explore this. And so he does in his new movie. And uh, he spent a night, the culmination is he spends a night there alone. And he has an experience that apparently fucked him up for quite some time. But you and don't so, see it. <laughs> no. And so as a result of that, he tore down the house. Yeah. Does he have one of his visions that no one can see? Yeah. Yeah, he like said he had he basically claimed to have the eye condition that I actually have. Like he claimed a sudden onset of um he didn't name it, but it's a convergence problem in your eyes. He like suddenly had this and he's like, I now have to wear prismatic lenses for the rest of my life. And I was like, Okay. Um <laughs> I mean that I- sucks, but in terms of what a demon can do to you <laughs> On the lower end of the spectrum. <laughs> I, so, listeners, this was going to be the topic of episode 40. Um, we were going to take a look at the actual Ammon's uh, Haunting and the movie. I'm kind of glad we've decided to finally do the video, or the, yeah, the video games episode instead, because, like, I don't know. I really didn't, I wasn't yeah. that impressed by it. But and sometimes you can get a lot of mileage out of something that you were really we into. Hate. We should have done it as a booze and booze. That's what we should have done. It would have been a long booze and booze. It was like over two hours. Everybody does like when we rip shit apart. I think that's when we get our highest downloads. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it was, it just, to me, it felt just like an extended episode of his show. Yeah. And whenever this, the big climactic moment happened, the moment where he supposedly saw the demon and it fucked him up, like it's conveniently like out of focus and they don't show it from any of the other like seven cameras. Yeah, he installed like a ton of cameras in the house and the security system, but you conveniently don't see anything. And so I go, eh. Yeah. Um, I know it's generating a lot of buzz, like, on the message boards and stuff, and people are going back to the details of the haunting and and this and that, but um, I don't know. It just didn't strike me as... I'm, I'm not super interested in talking about it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my things. Um, yeah. I think that's all there is on the, the headline front. Yeah, I'm excited for A Quiet Place. I also really want to see um, Unsane. Oh, Unsane, yes. That's supposedly not horrible. Yeah, I think that looks good. Annihilation is also out. I I really enjoyed the novel. I've heard the movie's really different, but equally good. I've heard it combines all the books into... Oh, does it? Okay, then maybe I should wait to see it, because I have not read the second episode. Yeah, like, basically pushes them all, like, evokes all of them in one movie. Okay, well, I've only read the first one, so... Good to know. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Horror is, um, it's in, it's, it's really strong in 2018 so far. Um, lots of good stuff going on. In both entertainment and in life, horror is very, very strong. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that kind of podcast. No. Um, okay. So, yeah. Um, I guess so, we should start with ooh, um, Craig does not know anything about horror games for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. Um, I guess maybe start with, because you said Resident Evil was your first kind of foray into horror oh, yeah. games. So, so, so Colleen, so tell us, yeah. tell everybody that's listening a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your relationship with horror, and a little bit about your relationship with horror video games. Okay, so um, I, during the day, I work with kids. Uh, I... <laughs> not gonna go past that but uh i i am a social fine. worker that works with children so um that's that's my day job um in the uh-huh. evening uh and how i kind of met mel and craig in college is i i do writing i i'm attempting to she write writes in the uh, night. i write um and i like to have background noise when i'm writing so one of the things i found is that if i watch horror playthroughs I don't get super sucked in because I know a jump scare is coming. So I'm like, oh, look, my Word document, type, 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 type. Um, But I still get the story and the elements of horror that I like. Um, and that's kind of my relationship with horror video games is a lot of the time they have really good stories embedded mm-hmm. in the scares. Um, horror movies, not really my forte um i did not really watch many of them until i became friends with mel and craig <laughs> uh, well, you're gonna do this if you're gonna hang out here we tend to not it. give our friends options miss mel and i <laughs> so which horror movie are we watching yeah since then um i've i've seen a good number of the classics and we watched halloween we've seen blair witch we've seen the exorcist um those are the big. We've a uh, scream, obviously, mm. big fan of that yeah. one. That's the first one that they introduced me to. That I was like, okay, like I can do this. I can what did we this. do last at your apartment last? Oh, we did Night of the Demons. Yeah, Night did. of the Demons was fun. <laughs> yeah, that one was pretty fun. Yeah. Um. So I don't watch a lot of horror. The horror I do like to watch is kind of like psychological thrillers that are like right mm-hmm. on the edge of yeah. what is horror and what is a thriller um those ones really intrigue like intrigue me because i have a degree in psychology and then i have a master's in social work so it's something that i like kind of know the workings of not that i'm an expert by any means gonna write her own um psych thriller film (gasps) she's telling you i would see the shit out of colleen's psych psychological horror film um, and another reason why that's interesting to me is a lot of horror video games and a lot of horror movies are set in insane asylums. Yeah. Mentally yeah. ill patients. And so since that. I know the horror, or I know the historical background of the stuff that actually did happen in those places that was terrifying and yeah. added the supernatural element, it's something that I find really interesting and really terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I love asylum horror. You love Session 9? Yeah, Session 9 is one of my favorite horror movies. Um, The next time we're all together, we'll have to show you that, Colleen. It's good. It's good stuff. It's good people. It's not. It's it's (laughs) not. Exactly right. 
so um, the asylum bit of it is kind of what kind of pulled me back into horror video games. I watched um, a playthrough of The Evil Within and the first Outlast game, mm. both of which have to do with asylums. So yeah, that is that. Mm. I like it. I'm into it. And the first horror video game cool. I watched was Resident Evil 4, which is more zombies, more action, shoot 'em, third person. Third person or first person? I think you can play either. You can play either in that. You can jump between. Um, so, you know. Colleen, just a quick sidebar. Are you, do you know the Asylum series by Madeline Rue? It's a YA trilogy. Ooh, yeah. I do know it. I have not read it you yet. Like that. Um, I think you would actually the, really like that. The point I saw that, I was reading the Miss Peregr- Peregrine? Peregrine? Yeah. I was reading that series. Yeah. Because it's in the, the, it's in the same like, style yeah. with like the old photographs and stuff. Yeah. But I've, I, I mean, I read both trilogies and I think the asylum is far better. I will have to pick it up then. Like, again, it like piqued my interest, but I'm like, I'm already reading something like this right now. Yeah. So I'll come back to it. Yeah. It's I just good. wanted to do that as a quick sidebar because I think you would really like them. Anyway. Great. Um, yeah. So. I don't know. I guess we should start. You bring up Resident Evil a lot, so we can start there, Craig, to teach you about the games. And and Um, that's kind of the big, like, touchstone horror game. Like, you say horror, people are like, oh, Resident Evil. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because it kind of, the very first sort of horror game was Silent Hill, which even was very similar to Resident Evil, because it's, well, instead of zombies, it was those things, those spooky things. Um... And that wasn't first person. You had to play that third person. Resident Evil was like, you know. Now the first couple. The jump scare one. <laughs> yeah. The first couple, I believe, were third person. I think four was the first time you could switch back and forth. Yeah, I feel, well, okay, so wait. The very first first person video game ever, I think, was GoldenEye for Nintendo yes. 64. If we're... If we're going to place this. I don't know when that came out. But the first Resident oh, Evil okay. came out in 1986. Yeah. So maybe so, it was. And I just. So, we can figure it out that way. It just like sticks out in my mind so much. That I'm like. Oh I mean there was Resident Evil beforehand. But four. Yeah. yeah. So did you guys want to give a quick synopsis. Of Resident Evil. For the listeners. Like yeah. as video game. And as film franchise oh yeah and like what's what's the general story like what's the connection between the two yeah so for the video games um leon s kennedy is kind of the character that everybody knows um but he is not the main character in every resident evil video game um kind of the background story of what's going on is that there is this evil corporation called umbrella um and they have created this virus that kind of brings about the zombies um and it is somehow unleashed into the general population um raccoon city is the city that most people know um from resident evil but it spreads everywhere as the series progresses and you are usually a member of law enforcement you're either uh detective in raccoon city or your special operative or something like that and you're tasked with like containing the outbreak or finding a specific individual or finding a cure 
X, Y, Z. Um, and so it's a very action oriented horror game versus some of the later horror games like Outlast, which you cannot attack anyone. You literally have to hide and hope no one sees you. Oh, um, I love Outlast. We're going to have fun talking about Outlast. <laughs> and Outlast so um, so yeah. how many games are there? There are seven. seven. Oh, okay. Resident Evil. The One just interesting came out thing, last, last, last January. Yeah. The interesting thing about Seven, which is the one that just came out, is that one is more like an interactive horror movie. You're in first person, um, and you are... Um, you're playing a guy who basically is searching for his missing wife. She went to be a nanny for this um, family. <laughs> As wives do. And just... <laughs> disappeared um and so you finally she's get like a, i was just trying to fuck the husband <laughs> i have a new family now so you need to yeah. leave <laughs> so uh ethan goes ethan winters is the character you're playing um he gets a voicemail from her finally and so he goes to try and find her this sounds and so get, much like silent hill <sighs> and get stuck in this house with this crazy family called the baker family um who I have been infected that. I did with watch a playthrough. Like, fungus, and it has turned them insane. And so they're trying to Ew. kill Ethan. Ethan's trying to get out of there. Oh my god! I and then this, this fungus has been mutated to make these fungus creatures, who are the quote-unquote zombies of Resident Evil Seven. So it's more of a biological um, agent versus like the shuffling, groaning, biting zombies mm. that you would expect. Oh, okay. I recall this. I could. I didn't think I knew it, and then because I didn't think I watched it, but I think I watched somebody play the first ten minutes of it, and the first ten minutes are him pulling up to that house. It's very cinematic shots of like the yeah. house and the car, and he goes sure. in and he finds the wife, but she's been like turned into one yeah. of them, and it like bounces between being like conscious in there and like attacking him, and then the crazy hillbilly family um, captures you. It's pretty freaky. Yeah. Cool. It has the it, same it, premise, like, though, as Silent Hill, where it's like, I'm trying to find my missing wife in this abandoned... A yeah, lot yeah. of horror games have missing wives. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good... I guess it's an easy premise to, to kick things off. Um, right, to bring a character into an environment where they wouldn't normally go. Yeah. Yeah, and no, Especially if freaky. you're doing one that, like, you don't want your character to have a lot of combat skills, which Resident Evil 7 doesn't count that. Like, you do get guns and shotguns and flamethrowers and all of that. But you're Ethan, and he doesn't, you know... The nasties. But games like Outlast, oh where your God. character has no combat skills, um, Outlast they is pull great. it in. The first one, you're an investigative journalist. That's why you get pulled in. But in the second one, you're also an investigative journalist, but your helicopter gets shot yeah. down, and you have to find your missing wife. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, Outlast is interesting to see, I guess, unless you had more to say about Resident Evil. No, no. Um, a lot of people know Resident Evil, especially Resident Evil 4, which, like, some people say is one of the best horror video games. Still one of the best horror video games. And I was actually watching a playthrough of it not too long ago, and it's still, like, scary like the graphics aren't that great you have the like copy and paste zombies after a while but it no. still like gets you you're still like 
there's going to be someone like someone's going to jump out kind of feeling, which after what was 19, when was this? 2006? Pretty good for it to still yeah. kind of hold up, especially with how much better graphics have gotten. Especially since we're just taking Hayden Penetier and sticking her in, uh, in Rami Malek. Um, yeah, so Outlast is really to jump you know a million years into the future to 2013 um outlast is a really interesting game a million years later well the entire premise of outlast is that you're like make it's a found footage horror game because like a big part of the game is you have to keep your camera going because that's your only source of light is the night vision so you Ooh, have to like keep track. Yeah, yeah, no, and you record, and sometimes you have to like go back and look at recordings to try and see things. But the first one, your the premise is that you are this like um, freelance journalist who goes Miles. to like Miles Upshur. Miles, I was like, his first name is Miles. Miles Upshur, not his real name, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> you go to this old asylum that's been like taken over by pay, like you know the typical murderous patients um and you have to basically you know get your way out of it and it's a mixture of like there's some combat in the terms of it'll be like press x now but for the most part it's running and hiding and stealthing all while capturing it on your camera and it's all in night vision (laughs) all in night vision see that sounds like really tense oh it's like, I could never play it. I'm, like, watching other people play it, and I'm like, okay, like, he's coming. Please please go. Please move faster. He's ah. coming. <laughs> and see, like, it's fine to have that feeling, I feel like, when you're watching, a, like, a horror movie, because, like, whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. But I feel like it's amped up in a video game, because, like, you have agency, mm-hmm. and, like, so that adds to your tension, like... I, I like, uh, am I going to be able to like save myself? I need to be like, I need to truly be on guard because like, I need to be able to prevent something or do something in this moment. Whereas like when you're watching a horror movie, like whatever is going to happen is going to happen according to the script. So. Right. And, and the thing about Outlast, which is interesting is that there's the human element. There's the psychiatric patients who are, have taken over the asylum at this point. There's also something else going on that's like, supernatural in nature so it's like the very physical body and then something will happen and you're like wait a minute (laughs) what's going on where are we so now how do those two end up blending together or is that a spoiler it's spoiler ish um they do explain the supernatural aspect kind of it's like science fictiony at the end okay like horror science fiction, I guess. Um, sure. They explain how the supernatural creature is doing what it's doing, but it's still supernatural in essence. But it's still beyond what we are currently capable of. Which is a good thing. Because um, <laughs> the wall rider is pretty freaky. Yeah. The second one, you're the same uh, the thing. Second- you're... You're an investigative journalist who's doing your thing, but you're with your wife this time. And I forget what you were out there doing, but you're out in, um, like, Arizona. So you're flying over Arizona looking for a woman, a pregnant woman stumbled out of the desert um, with a lot of lead in her system, a Jane Doe. 
um, she ends up dying. And so they're investigating like where she came from. Basically. Why does she have so much blood in her? What, what happened to this girl? So that's what they're out trying to investigate. Maybe she's just really like, she really likes pencils. Yeah, number two, like, you know, and, and she's just ate a shit ton of pencils. So the, it starts, you're flying over the area where she apparently walked from looking for a factory or source of, source of this lead. And this giant white light flashes. And then suddenly your helicopter falls out of the sky. Ugh, so it's kind of X-Filesy. Yeah. A little bit, but it gets so, like super like... There's a lot of religious <laughs> yeah. stuff going on. Oh, because okay. you basically, you fall into the, like this region is like home to a cult. That believes, Ooh. like, your wife is pregnant with the Antichrist? I love a good culture. Oh, so, okay. So then but we kind the, of go Rosemary's baby. Yeah. But the timeline is super sped up. Yeah. Like, the time between like she's being pregnant, pregnant and the time of having said child is, like, a day. Yeah, like, she's suddenly yeah. nine months pregnant after you crash. Like, it's this creepy, weird stuff going on. And you keep it, having flashbacks to, like, your friend who, like, killed herself when you were in college catholic school college catholic school rather catholic elementary school it um basically the main character throughout most of it like the white light flashes and he'll switch between being in flashback and being in the desert being an adult and you get unbalanced you start being like okay what what is going on and there's things attacking you in the flashbacks and then you're yeah. back in normal at one point you are you know nailed to a cross. so when you're when you're in the flashbacks are those those are those are cut scenes or those are like active no, you no. Play them. those are active oh, okay. they're interactive okay. yeah. yeah um and there's one point you're in the computer lab and then all of the computers start flashing and going off it's really that one's really unsettling yeah. the first Especially one was like what you do you figure expect out from- what had been going on to like in the past that's kind of a spoiler but once you realize what had happened like you start to piece it together you're like oh this is horrifying and unsettling the the thing with outlast the first outlast there was a definitive end and then if you do the whistleblower dlc the story kind of comes full circle the second outlast does not so now tell anything. tell our tell our listeners about uh, what a DLC is. Oh, so yeah. tell Craig what a DLC. Is. So, so Shush! DLC is downloadable content. I can blame it's- anything on the listeners because they can't answer. The <laughs> so DLC is downloadable content. Usually, it is um, extra stuff for the game that you can buy. So most people know this in like okay. multiplayer, like. Call of Duty or whatever, you get DLC and you get better guns or special outfits or whatever. In yes. recent years, game developers have decided that they want to gouge you for even more money. So they'll Loot boxes. Uh, they'll uh, release DLCs, which are like supplements to the main game. So sometimes they're just like backstories on a certain side character. Um, or in the uh, case of Outlast, the first Outlast, the reason Miles goes in the first place is he gets this anonymous email saying that the corporation that runs this asylum is up to some shady stuff. In the DLC, you are playing the whistleblower, the guy who sent him that oh, okay. message. But oh. it's really interesting because his timeline ends up overlapping Miles' timeline. So you kind of see past the end of the original game. That's that's. That's cool. I like that. So that that one is I could be okay with paying the, the money for it's, 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 Yeah. 
I had to look up somebody's interpretation of the ending, and I totally forget what it was, but when they told it's... me, it made so much sense. <laughs> so just know that so, it's out there. <laughs> no one actually knows what the ending of Outlast 2 is. So just take that with a grain of salt. If you like something that wraps up, you're going to hate the end of this game. Yeah, no, it's it's like Twin Peaks, basically. If you're fine with Interesting. Like, going around and interpreting the shit out of things, like then this is fine. If you're somebody who needs to see the monster and needs to know exactly what was going on, you're going to be so frustrated by the end of this game. So why do you think there was such a disparity between the two games? Like you said, the first Atlas has a very definitive ending. It's clear. It closes the book but the second one does not. Is I that just because of the stories they were telling? Yeah, I think it's the difference in the two themes. Like with religion, even if you're doing cults and stuff, you can't just be like, oh, this religion's good, this religion's bad, end yeah. of story, end of book, push it away. Um, I mean, you can, but that's not going to be a good narrative. It's not it's good storytelling. Piss a lot of people off. So one, I think it's the, the storyline itself. Two, it was just a very different feeling game yeah. um the first one is you're in an asylum you have to get out of the asylum this one is you have to find your wife but now your wife is possibly carrying the antichrist even though you guys haven't you know yeah like it's also, established that you kind of had problems maritally in the yeah. beginning of the game also trigger now, warning so for both of these games they deal with mental health and suicide and rape and sexual assault so if that's not good for you do not watch them yeah mm. So that's like kind of that brings in like some sort of real life horror with yeah. the fantastic. Yeah, and like I think that's part of the thing with the second one. It kind of like reminds me of like this is a bad comparison because this was really good and American Horror Story season two ended up not being really good, but it was very much like them trying to do a lot of things at once. In the first one, they were like, okay, it's a simple premise. You're in the asylum. Got to get out of the asylum. In this, it's like, oh, like, all right, we can expand what we're doing now. So it's like, you're in the desert. There's nothing to escape from because you're in the middle of nowhere. There's a cult. Religious things are involved. There's, there's a two very, cults. There's two. Yeah, there are two cults. Um, there's, there's you know, two cults. The history. There are the believers and the heretics. The heretics. Oh. Um, and then, like, you know, your own personal history deals with, like, human evil and the evil people do to each other and, like, all this other stuff. So it was like, all right, let's do everything Bop. in Outlast 2. Okay. Yeah. So, so and, is it too much? I enjoyed it by the end. I enjoyed the playthrough, but again, I'm one of those people who likes a kind of wrap-up at the end. I'm not saying that all the answers have to be solved, the, the evil corporation has to be taken out, X, Y, Z. Um, but I like some sort of, like, I know how this ends. And in Outlast 2, the story is just, like, you found out the what happened in the past... And you kind of wrapped up yeah, a like conclusion of finding your wife. Basically, I guess. Um, your the wife thing wraps up, and then, but you still have all of these questions by the time the credits roll. Now, clarify something for me here. I mean, <laughs> if it, if it's not a spoiler for listeners who might want to play the game, mm -hmm. there's these there's cults. There's two cults. You're yep. trying to find your wife. Your wife is pregnant with the Antichrist or is believed to be pregnant with the Antichrist by the cults. By it's the believers. By the, the heretics. Also the believe heretics that she's pregnant, were, but they want her to have the baby. Yeah. The heretics okay. were, now, they were originally one cult and they split up. 
basically into two things. Now, your wife's pregnancy, is she, like, is she a member of the cult? Was she tricked into it, Rosemary's Baby style? If, like, is that what, well, how does that play into the story? Minor if it's spoiler. Not yeah, it's a minor okay. spoiler, but it happens pretty early on. So your wife is captured by the Believers. Okay. The leader of the Believers, Father Knock, is a really gross man Father who sleeps with literally every female of breeding age in the cult. Okay. Um, well, and so you can kind of figure right. out what happens from there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Father Knox, gross. Um, he he hammers you to a cross later, I believe. No, um, he does not. The heretics. The heretics do. Yeah, but it's very spooky because you get chased by this one crazy lady constantly. And, like, different members of the cult will chase you around, and you have to hide from them, but it's so scary, because you think you're hidden, and they're like, oh, found you, and you're like, oh, no. Um, no. (laughs) Oh, no! Like, you have to, and this is where filming comes in handy, too, here, because basically, like, a part of this is trying to figure out what's going on involves you, like, reviewing footage. Um, cause it okay. might cause you but, to, to see different things and like, it'll tell you when you missed filming something, like it'll say, Oh, you missed a chance to film something there. Something happened. And the reviewing of the film also gives a lot of insight into your first person character because he oh, makes okay. comments and like, as yeah. it goes along, you're like, are you, are you, are you doing okay? Are you, I, I don't think you're doing all right. You're, you're slowly losing it my friend yeah um, so in a, so that's kind of interesting because you don't think that you can trust yourself quote unquote yeah yes basically it's pretty good i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed that you don't know what's going on by the end i understand people who need to know things are like are invested to a point where it's like okay like i'm owed some explanation because this doesn't really give anything like, it doesn't explain, like, it has all sorts of questions that it, and I don't think it answers a single one of them. Um, See, this, sound, that makes it sound, like, this would be a game, or at least a story for me. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know why I'm very attracted to stories, especially in horror, that don't spell everything out for me. Yeah. I like filling in the gaps. I like coming up with theories. It wraps up the past storyline, obviously, yeah. because the past actually happened. Um, yeah, the rest of this, you have no idea what's... And that's the other thing. The further you get in, the more you start questioning what's actually happening. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it gets... it's There's a lot going on. It's yeah. a very... You could talk, you know, for hours of just about hours. Yeah, and there it. are people who have put up, like post videos where they like go through and Just analyze it and explain it, it like you would do for like Twin oh, Peaks wow. or Star Wars or something. Yeah. Like so when so Outlast 2 came out when? 2017? It, April? It, oh so yeah. last year. Yeah. It, so just about a year ago exactly. Yeah, it came out like a year ago. Uh okay. yeah, April 2017. Is there any word on Outlast 3? Craig's like I'm ready for it. <laughs> um not re- I mean, I, games. As far as I know, they're not. It's not in development. But okay. the interesting thing is with video games, they don't that, talk about it ever until yeah, suddenly they're like it, dropping a trailer tomorrow. Right. Gotcha. Unless it's like Assassin's Creed or something where you just expect the next one to be out next year. Um, it's sometimes you have no idea if yeah. there is going to be a sequel and if there is when it's gonna. And the gotcha. ways you find out are funny. Like for example, people have 
learned recently that they are developing a Star Wars open world video game because of a job posting for uh, EA at their Vancouver office asking for somebody to help on a Star Wars open world game. So it's like everyone's like, oh, oh okay. you're making this now. You don't announce it or tell anyone because it's super secret. Like I have a friend who works for Ubisoft who talks about the NDAs all the time and how like he can't say a word about what he's working on. Like they guard video games like closer than movies a lot. Oh yeah. So handy dandy Google. Um, and I quote: "This is from December eighth, two thousand seventeen." Stop revealing our secret research techniques to the listeners. Um, Outlast three will be made at some point. Yeah. Quote unquote. Okay. Okay. So that's all we have on Outlast 3 News. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So that's Outlast. Okay. That I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued more by Outlast 2. Yeah, it's definitely bigger than the first one. I personally think it's scarier. Yeah. And some people brought up with the first Outlast, after a while it gets very repetitive. Like this big guy's coming to get me. I have to hide, wait till he goes away, and then like dart through. After yeah. about an hour and a half of that, it's still, like, creepy, and they do come up with some creepy bosses, mm -hmm. but, like, the general anxiety, you're like, okay, all right, I got this. The thing okay. with Outlast 2, as well, is, like, there's so much, there's so many more places to hide, and there's so many different ways yeah. to hide, because you're, like, creeping around in cabins, and maybe there's a hay barrel over there, yeah, maybe there's a dilapidated grass. shed, like, there's ways, like, there's crazy ways you can hide, and there's, like... At one point, you have to crawl in, like, the crawl space under a house to try and get away from somebody crawling after you. Like, it's horrifying. Mm. And also the that reminds me of uh, the, one, the one chapter in Pen Pal. Yeah. Under the house. Under the house. Yeah, you read that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. That um, that was ugh. such a freaky book. That was, it's so You should freaky. read it, Colleen. You'd enjoy it. Mm. Also, the, uh, the main character in Outlast 2 wears glasses. So a few times his glasses get oh yeah his glasses off. get Jankies! Off. or like he gets water on them and Were then they that crack or something how he can see yeah Jankies. So. oh super sidebar quasi horror headline have we all seen the news about the um, Daphne and Velma Scooby Doo yes. series yeah I'm I think it's really happening yeah. Yeah, it's just the ladies from Mystery Inc. And it's, it's um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm into it. Anyway. If I'm we're in. on the topic of Scooby-Doo. Oh, God, you're going to Oh, that's up. right. Tonight was... Tonight. As of this recording is the, the Scooby Natural. Natural. Is that what they're calling it? And I know a lot of people have you're given up on excited. Supernatural. I understand that. But this is one episode, even if you've given up on it, like, I feel like it's going to be good. I feel like it's... Definitely, There's, it's got It has to be a monster of the week episode, obviously. So yeah. I feel like it's going to go back to earlier seasons and be be really good. There's been a lot of excitement and a lot of buzz online for this crossover, and um, it aired tonight. I'm probably going to watch it as soon as we're done recording. Yeah, yeah I have it recorded. I've seen the, the I keep up with Supernatural via the Tumblr. The Tumblr. Um, it looks cute. I just this is how you know your show has been on way too long. Mm, I know. is when you do a crossover with something not even in the same medium that you're yeah. it's, <laughs> it's so great though like have you guys seen like those memes that have been going around about like marvel infinity war is the greatest crossover oh. in uh you know like da -da -da history, history. And it's like 
And then like people are like me, and they're having all these different other like funny crossovers from the yeah. past. Remember? But my favorite one is one that was like me, Scooby Natural. <laughs> <laughs> Scooby Natural. I'm I I'm into it. I like it. I love Scooby Doo. Yeah, so I'm I will take it. it in all the forms. Um, yeah, one of the okay. trailers. It was like they're talk the animated characters and Dean Winchester is like he's like if we or same as like if we could die so can the the mystery guy and Dean's like nothing's happening to that dog I take a bullet for that dog ah! oh my god I'm so excited I hope the Harlem Globetrotters show up <laughs> <laughs> Captain Planet just rolls through. oh my remember god. those Scooby Doo episodes though where they like it was like. Scooby-Doo meets the Addams Family, yeah. Scooby-Doo with the Harlem Globetrotters, Scooby-Doo with <laughs> Captain Planet. Like, those were, those were oh, fun. I love it. Um, um, okay, so, cool. So tell me about, um, tell me about horror um, app, horror mobile games. Tell me about that. Tell me about Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, there it is. I was like, do I know any Five Nights at Freddy's? I was, um, I was like, yeah. So Five Nights at Freddy's is... Which I weirdly have not gotten into yeah that one is so, Man, which were like the first kind of like internet crazes um i have not really I mean, they gotten ha- it has a huge following well this oh, is the, they, this is music that's the made up with, they're also working with, on a film adaptation yeah so the thing with five nights at freddy's it also has a ya book series attached to it there's also yeah. supplementary game material but basically and a comic- and a comic book. The reason that it's so popular is because kids can play it because there's no gore whatsoever. There's no graphic stuff. There's no nudity. There's nothing. Basically, the premise of it is that you are, you've been hired to work at this like Chuck E. Cheese like restaurant as like the overnight security guard because apparently you need an overnight security guard. Um, and your job is to just sit in the security office and watch the cameras. Um, but the thing is, is, and you're listening to tapes that the old security guard has left you as like your training. Um, and he tells you like, you know, this is just what you got to do. It's chill. Um, but he warns you that he's like, you know, because of the mechanics of the, the characters at Five Nights at Freddy's, like we have to leave them on. So they might move around at night. Like, don't get spooked by that. However, they have, like, some kind of, like, camera security system built into them where, like, they might attack you if they see you. So just stay in the office and watch the cameras is, like, the premise. Which is great for any kid's restaurant. Which, you know, is chill. It's fine. mascots. Yeah. Well, because there's a mention that there was some kind of massacre. I believe that's what happens at Chuck E. Cheese after dark. So there's a mention of, like, some kind of, in the past, something tragic happened there. Like, you get the feeling that one of the suits or the animatronics, like, attacked a child. Um, So basically, you're like, all right, chill, watching the cameras. You switch between them. It can get a little freaky when you switch between the cameras and there's just, like, the things staring at the cameras and they move around and you can track where they are. But the problem is this start to lose power throughout the night like you slowly Uh, power when you switch between cameras if you leave lights on if you open the doors to your security room and when the power goes off all the lights go off and the doors to where you're hiding out in the security room open up so i don't like that yeah so basically you spend the first night it's pretty easy it's pretty chill like they move around a little bit not much happens um, the second night, whatever, it's a little freaky. By the third night, you're losing power a lot faster. The machine, the, the, um, the dudes 
are moving around a lot more. They're getting closer to you. And, like, the thing is, too, is the doors, like, basically, like, you're supposed to leave... Leaving them closed actually, like, uses more power. So for a portion of the game, like, you want to leave them open. But if you see the, the suits coming closer to you, you're like, oh, shit, I'm going to close the door. Oh, um, okay. But if you open the door, like, you can see them standing, like, right outside, like, staring. It's so freaky. Um... But that's the premise, is that you point, it's a point and click. Like, all you do is look at these cameras, and then you end up eventually... I don't know anyone who has won this game. I'm sure they exist, but, like, basically you eventually get, like, attacked and killed by by the animatronics. By the animatronics. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there is a YA book series with it now. It is The Silver Eyes, I think, is the first one, and the second one is... I think you have to survive like five five nights. You have to yeah, survive five nights at Freddy's. Would make sense. Um, you um, have to make it through all five nights, and that's how you quote unquote win the game. Yeah, it's called Terror or something. The second one, but basically the premise is that like you're te- like you're reading about teenagers in the town who like the one girl. I think her dad owned Five Nights at Freddy's, and like in the past there was like you know this terrible accident, and the kids decide they're going to sneak in one night because you know they're kids. Shit sure. goes down. But yeah, it's a very freaky game for such a simple concept. Can we talk about like how um so many horror stories are based on like teenagers sneaking into places they're not supposed to be? Like why was like that was never really the go-to activity for me and my friends I don't in know high school. Who snuck anywhere. But like whatever. Um yeah, and Five Nights at Freddy's has a huge um, devoted following um, in all its various forms, which uh, is fine. <laughs> yeah, it's big with the kids, again, because they can play it very easy. Um, there's nothing, you know, apart from the fact that... Um, you you um you know you you die like there's a chance that you yeah. get dead so so you mentioned that you don't know anyone who's ever yeah, won the like, game I think about is, it, that, like, is that also kind of like a thing like it's really really hard to win i i think it is very hard to win i don't know um like like i'm sure they exist like out there somewhere like mm. people who have won like I'm just thinking like you know off the top of my head I don't know anyone who's won I do know like from the playthroughs I've watched it gets very difficult the the more nights obviously the longer you go just because it eats up so much more your battery and you're because the things move so much you're switching so much between cameras um that you know you keep using battery because that's that causes the battery or the power to go down too so like it gets really tough toward it's kind of reminds me a little bit honestly of Slenderman. like the the more notes oh, you okay. find like the closer he gets to you and the harder it is to like achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve yeah yeah um now we've talked we've talked about the Slenderman game a little bit when we did our urban legends episode yes um do we want to segue into that now? We can. Talk I have about, played talk it. About the, the Slenderman game, yeah, because I know you've you've played through the one about the what's the one with the letters? 
Yeah, that's the first um, one is the eight notes, the first I think is what it's called. Um so yes, so Slenderman. Slenderman. Um Sl- Slenderman, as it were. The Slenderman. Um basically the premise of this is that um you you're in the woods at night, like there's no backstory to this. There's there's like you're just you're in the woods at night, um, walking around uh and you like basically there's a bunch of structures around like there's like an old bathroom type structure there's like a um a water tower there's a truck um there's like you know all sorts of stuff and these are all places where the internet if you go on will be like you can find a note here you can find a note here i i've heard yeah. there's an order that you're supposed to find them in but you can find them in any order cuz that's just the way that um the, the structure works um but yeah so basically you start out you're walking at night for some reason um in this abandoned place where there's a weird old pool bathroom structure and you know <laughs> oh you you don't take midnight strolls to your local abandoned pool bathroom? yeah you know you know i actually, murder bathroom is, is that just me? it's the murder bathroom <laughs> it's the murder bathroom um, i wanted to when i was in college bath. i totally like people are listening like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> i totally had this plan to go into shenley park one halloween and put up notes because that was like the height of Slenderman was like freshman or sophomore year of college for me but anyway you're so go you're park alone at night yeah, I'd be chill. Mm. I'd be living Slender Man as I, mm. as I tried to get other people to do it. So anyway, yeah. So you're walking around and um, basically the computer, like the screen gives you very basic instructions of like, don't let him catch you. Press this to sprint, um, this to go forward, yada, yada. So you're walking, um, and, like, the screen, like, you can tell he's behind you when the screen goes staticky. Like, that's when you know he's kind of close, and you should, like, walk a little faster. And the more staticky it gets, like, the closer he is. The closer The trick, of course, is to not turn around. Because if you turn around and you see him, then you're screwed. But the problem is, is that the more notes you collect, the closer he gets. So you're supposed to collect these eight notes, but, like, by the time you get to the third or fourth note... He keeps, he's very He's close. there, right? He's, he's, and like you, it does one of those things where you see the static and you think you get away and you turn and then you turn around and he's there and you get, he's there. you're done. Um, the second Slender Man, so that was obviously scary. That was like a whole viral thing on the internet. A lot of drunk people filmed themselves playing it. Um, Freaking out, yeah. Yeah. So the second one. That was, that was like a huge thing. Like in college, you would like yeah. sit around friends and you'd and scare watch your that. friends. You'd be like, we're going to play Slender Man. Um, so, like, the second one was much more, um, like, they added, like, a story to it. And it cost, like, ten bucks on Steam. Like, this one, the Slender Man itself was free. This one was, like, ten bucks. Come play this thing. Basically, the premise of this one is that you're driving to your friend's house in, like, the rustic northwest or something like that. Like, she lives kind of... Well, it's always got to be the northwest. Yeah. Um... Thank you, Twin Peaks. Thank you, Twin Peaks, for giving us that vibe. Um... And basically, like, you get the gist that, like, not great shit has been going on with your friend. She's been going through some stuff. And she's, like, she, like, she writes you a note that says something like, oh, I'm really thankful that you're there and we're good friends and, you know, I'm sorry and yada yada. Whatever. You get to her house. Her house is abandoned. She's not there. Her mom's not there. Nobody's there. It's freaking Me, when I invite like, people to my house. It's, like, it's, like... Yeah. 
like sunset and then you go inside the house and it's nighttime like the sun is going down it's like this is horrifying um and you start to find clues and notes in the house and like she's leaving notes saying like it's following me like i don't know what to do and you see him at one point out in the like you see him for a quick second like out in the um yard like it's a blink and you Mm. miss it thing like i've seen some playthroughs miss it and some people it's like oh my god there he is um so basically it leads you through out of the house into like the park that she lives near. And that's like when it kind of gets very slender manny because there's a level where you do have to like collect notes and get away from him. Um, but it's much easier than traditional slender man. And there's a part where you go into a mine and you get chased by some other creature that's not slender man, but it's still very scary. Um, and eventually like you find out that, you know, like, his friend either ran away or got you know taken by Slenderman or possibly even killed herself because like she couldn't deal with the Slenderman. Um, so, but the mechanics of it like it's much you know there's it's much bigger it's much prettier the mechanics are the same like don't look at him run away yeah scary <laughs> right which ties into like the creepypasta lore yes. of Slenderman um, and uh, that. They've got that feature film that's coming out, or I don't know. I don't think it was already released. Yeah. It was based on something. They had the documentary Slenderman. It was no. based on Marble Hornets, which is based on Slenderman. Right. So it got super meta. And you know, it, no. it brought about some real life horror with yeah. those yeah. teenage yeah, girls. Those girls. Yes, which I think we talked about in our Urban Legends yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, now, Colleen, have you had any experience with the Slenderman games? I have not. Okay. And, um, like I said, Five Night at Freddy's and Slenderman are weirdly too as big as internet sensations as they are that I've not done anything with. Mostly because those kinds of games, especially like Slenderman, really freak me out. Oh, okay. So... Um, kind of the okay. You always have to like it's it's right in the periphery. It's like it's always mm. looking at you, kind of feeling. Like yeah. it's hard for me to shake that. So as someone okay. who is living on their own, I'm like you know maybe <laughs> maybe not the best thing for me to to indulge in. Very um, uh, Plus the fact like there is this like you said the second one there is a story, but it's not story driven, and yeah. that's something that I really like from my games. So since the story is lacking it's not something that I'm like I can sit through the scares like I can do with like Resident Evil or Outlast or Until Dawn or The Evil Within I can sit through the scares because I'm really interested in the story the story is don't die be scared yeah <laughs> so yeah. yeah it's freaky I will give it that um that oh, was yeah, a good segue like- though into possibly the best story driven horror game out there and a favorite of Miss Colleen and myself which is uh, Until Dawn. Another time when all of your Ooh. friends get together and it goes horribly. It does. Don't in, have friends, kids. Up in Western Don't Canada. The quick premise of this is that a group of friends goes up to a cabin that one of them owns up in Alberta. Um, they play a mean trick on one of the friends um, who, no matter what happens, I think she ends up. Yeah, no matter what you do in the tutorial part of the game before the title screen. um, Before the title screen. Scary (laughs) stuff. 
Um, scary stuff, scary stuff, scary stuff. Ding! ding. <laughs> you, um, you can't... She you dies, can't no stop. matter what. Yeah. You can't stop what happens to our friend. Because basically the girl dies. She's the sister of the guy whose family owns the cabin. So her family also owns the cabin, I guess, is a faster way to say she, that. Yeah, she owns the cabin. <laughs> yeah. She and she her brother, she and her twin sister and her brother, their family, own the cabin. Um, but they play a trick on her because she's got a crush on one of the guys and they, like, do this whole thing. during the game, I guess is what it is. Yeah, so the player knows what happens to Hannah and Beth, well, yeah. um, but when the game starts after the title sequence, um, Groot's gotten back together a year after the disappearance of Hannah and Beth, yeah. so no one knows what happened to the twin sisters, um, which has caused some heartache for the brother, uh, older brother Josh, who Mom was and drunk and Rahmi Malik, who was drunk and passed out when all of this happened, and therefore kind of just dealt with the aftermath, but couldn't help in any way. Yeah. And, like, his his idea for, like, the way to fix this is to everyone return to the scene of, like, the incident, essentially. Um, and party like they're porn stars. Yes, is what he says, specifically. So everyone goes up to the cabin. And you're given some exposition that there's, like, an old asylum up up on the mountain, because of course there is. Um, and there's a, a wanted fugitive that's been hiding out up there. Yeah, there's that, too. That's a separate thing, somewhat connected mm. to it. <laughs> it's, it's another one of those things, kind of like Outlast, too, where it's everything at once. Um, but the, the thing about um, Until Dawn, which when we say it's story driven, it's literally an interactive movie. Yeah, like you, you tell um, the story because there's like eight hundred different yeah. endings, literally. And the which whole think, thing is basically uh, cutscenes. Yeah, yeah, which I think is why for me that's the horror video game that I've watched the most amount of uh, playthroughs of because it's it's completely different for every single person who plays, basically. And I I like. It's because it's, it's like a quasi movie, I think. And I'm yeah. like, Ugh, game stuff, whatever. Let me just watch the story play out. It's yeah. like it's it's like Clue. It's like the movie Clue. Like yeah. there's so many different with the endings. three endings. Yeah. 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 Wow. With this, you can have everyone live. You can have nobody live. You can have some people live. Now I'm just imagining Mrs. Peacock in the middle of the Until Dawn storyline. <laughs> She's in the asylum, like waiting. What? <laughs> Flames. Flames on the side the of my face. The thing that I like about Until <laughs> Dawn, though, is that it blends, like, okay, there's a whodunit, there's a killer, there's the asylum bits, all that stuff, but it blends it with, like, the supernatural local folkloric elements with the Wendigo. Mm. I, I don't, like, for whatever reason, I've never really, like, explored this about myself. I love a good Wendigo story. <laughs> There's so... Speaking of cannibalism. And... But like, any sort I, yes, of... I think it's because of like there's a really great early supernatural episode oh, about it. So good. There's a really underrated horror movie that I love called Ravenous, not the one that they just put on Netflix, the one from 1999. That's really really good. Yeah, there's something about it. I don't know. I think it's it's 
any shapeshifter kind of lore is really interesting because there's yeah. that element of like was human now monster. Right. But the and Wendigo one is just one right. of the darkest, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so plus the fact, depending on which Wendigo myth you're working on, if you're working with the Native American one, which they bring up in Supernatural, so like take this with a grain right. of salt. I will I will admit I have not researched it. But like you eat a part of an animal, or in this case a person, and you gain their power. Right. Um so that's how like that's how they kind of say that you, it became a Wendigo. You do the cannibalism in Supernatural and you gain that person's power and it morphs you into this creature. Whereas until Dawn, um, still Native American, but a curse was put yeah. on the mountain. Yeah, because right. it's very much tied with how you treat nature and the choices you make with nature can like cause the Wendigo to be like more or less. Um, and it almost sort of becomes like um, sort of like uh, the werewolf legend, like as it was interpreted with like like the original Wolfman from 1941, mm-hmm. like back when it was tied into um, sort of like an indigenous people's curse that was placed on you. Yeah. Rather than like being scratched or bitten by a creature. The other, the third interesting plot point of Until Dawn is the bits in the psychiatrist's office um, where it gets See, creepier those... and creepier. The the couple that I've watched, that's the creepiest part to me. Yeah, so you're the killer. You realize that, but you don't know who you are until the end of the game um, where you're basically going to see the psychiatrist who has you looking at, like, raw shock tests and, like, stuff and asking you, and you answer questions, and depending on how you answer it, you know, it, it dictates, like, how the the conversation's going to go. And, like, every time you go back, it's, like, a little creepier. Like, the sun's gone down a little bit more. The office is a little bit more dilapidated. Like, it's a little bit more sinister. Like, it's probably, honestly, mm-hmm. for me, that's the freakiest part of the game is... It was really creepy scenes. when I... A couple that I watched. And in 2018, a um, VR prequel game yes. came out. The Impatient. Yes. Oh. When did it come out? January. January. So as mentioned, there is the um, Blackwoods Asylum, or Blackwoods Sanatorium that's up on this hill. Um, and it's already like shut down, run down, broken down by the time uh, until dawn happens. But going back in the inpatient, basically you see what happened what led to it shutting down yes okay um Ooh. so you, it, it's vr and you are a character you get to pick which gender you are um and you're suffering from amnesia and so you're in the sanatorium to like reclaim your memories um and How as very, such you know days of our lives yeah, yeah. <laughs> as such things happen these are the days happen. of our lives yeah <laughs> So I, you know, I'm surprised they haven't made a film out of this yet, but I guess it's, maybe it's just it's because it is a film, film already. Um, I think, the, well, I think there have been talks. Oh, yeah. And like this stuff comes up occasionally, but there's been nothing like you could even say it's in like development hell. It's just like they sometimes float the idea. But I guess part of the thing that that would detract from is like in the game, you can choose so many different ways the game goes like in a film like. 
you can really only do the it one. has to be one narrative yeah right so 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 here's a good segue horror horror films based on video games there's a fair handful out there most primarily resident evil and silent hill not super well received is there a horror video game you think would work well as a film or are horror video games as a medium best kept to video games um it's It's interesting because um, <laughs> Resident Evil, I feel like, and now Resident they Evil, they were executed poorly. I feel like they could have been if they were executed differently. Not right. that there's anything wrong with the like action Resident Evil games or Resident Evil movies, but they were definitely more action than horror. Yeah, from, from what like I understand, and definitely from what you guys have talked about tonight, like the the movie franchise takes a very different path than the, than the games. Yeah. Like you still have the elements are there. Like, yeah, um, I believe if they're in Raccoon city, I don't know, but it's definitely the Umbrella corporation, um, which is, the, I've seen the all of them, I think, except the last two. Yeah. So, and there's zombies. Those are the three kind yeah. of touchstones. Um, past that things get very dicey. They do what they do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Um, uh, one, a video game, and I, this is a playthrough that I watched recently that could be turned into a good movie. It would take some working, though, is The Evil Within. Um, again, mm. it's very much a kind of action meets psychological thriller. Because mm-hmm. um, you're playing this detective, they get called to a disturbance at the asylum. Uh, They show up. Everyone's dead. This guy, this Assassin's Creed looking guy shows up, shows up behind you. And then suddenly you're in the asylum and there's gore everywhere. And a guy's chasing you with a chainsaw. And then you flash back to the present and you're trying to escape the asylum. And then the city just starts crumbling. And as you progress through the story, you start realizing why everything is so crazy like mm-hmm. why everything keeps flashing back and forth. But the one scene that I just think would be great as a movie, and it's a cutscene, is that you get pushed down this elevator shaft and you're just falling, 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 falling. And then at some point it changes the perspective that you're rolling on the floor and then like smack up against a wall. And then it's and you're in a hallway. Ooh, so it does some really great camera stuff that in a movie would really like get the audience, especially if it's like in IMAX or something. Yeah. It was really good. Interesting. Now, can I just say just a quick sidebar? There is a movie because I just I just watched it recently called The Evil Within. Oh, okay. Just just to clarify for like people listening out there and stuff, it has nothing to. It's not associated at all with these video games. It's a completely separate story, but it's totally worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it's really creepy. It's basically like if one of your nightmares was put onto the screen. Oh. Um, yeah, it was really really creepy. But I like. After I watched it and was reading about it, I saw like a lot of very angry, confused people being like, I thought this was like an adaptation of the video game. It's not. 
It's um, not. But it's still its own great thing. Yeah. So, um, so I I find the playthroughs of that really interesting to watch. Um, so it's again at points it's a lot more action than horror. So if you're not like an action game person and that combat stuff bores you, um, it might bore you at parts. But I, I feel like the story itself, because you're kind of like, what the hell is going on for like right. a good three fourths of the game? And it seems like that's almost kind of a, like a thing when adapting horror video games to film. Like Resident Evil has a lot more of an action adventure element to it than the video games do. And I um, think that's kind of to point hell, people like I me. Know. But, who like oh, if yeah. something is billed as horror I'm like mm, probably not going to check it out because I'm not really into horror movies but if you're like oh this is an action thing with zombies I'm like okay I, I could watch someone shoot some zombies I could do that yeah. mm-hmm. um, that's how they trick you right. that's how they get the, the reluctant viewer and stuff or whatever yeah, yeah you're, that, you're exactly right Oh. Well, so I think it's a thing where basically they might want to, like, try and recapture that adrenaline you get, like, while playing by, like, being like, here's some action. Like, you can act like you're you're part of this. Um, you can get amped up about this, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, those are, those are my, my horror games that I, I don't know if we missed anything big. None yeah, that was great. that Did I can think anything? of. No, it's big ones. It's gonna be like the moment that we sign off. I'm gonna text you, and I'm gonna and another thing, and another thing. And we forgot to talk about these seven games. (laughs) No, I think that was really, really great. We covered a lot and such a different variety. Yeah, yeah, and that's the really cool thing about horror video games is that it goes through the spectrum. Like on the very low end, you have stuff like Resident Evil, not seven. But the, the ones before, like, four. The reason I say not seven is, like, it's more action-oriented, yeah. but it has the elements of horror in it. And then you can go all the way up to um, Outlast and Until Dawn, where there's no combat whatsoever. It's, it's just point and for click, survival. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is oh, weird, because uh, it's on a PlayStation. <laughs> another one that I can uh, point out is Alien Isolation is another horror game. That's been um, getting a lot of chatter. Yeah, so Flatter, it's chatter. in the same universe hey, yeah. as the Alien movies, um, Good. and Good you start. play Ripley's daughter. Same, I'm always Ripley's going daughter. to try to find your missing. Now is mom. that canon? Because it is, it, yeah, so it's not. <laughs> if we're gonna get into aliens and Alien Three with Newt, then I whatever. Um, I am not well versed, but uh, many people have asked the same question. And from what the response I'm getting is like, this is how they frame the story, but it's not part. It's part of the universe, but it's not part of canon. Is what? Okay, I got gotcha. that. All right, you know what? That's fine. I'll accept. Well, that. it would totally dilute Ripley's relationship with Newt and aliens. Yeah, aliens, aliens, <laughs> as we like to say. Or maybe it would heighten it. I don't know. I don't have time to get into this. We, we don't have time to discuss <laughs> the whole franchise. Um, so, but that's, yeah, that's another one that's out there that if you're more into the space alien kind of horror. Yeah. Uh, well, I've, funny I've heard that out. one is pretty scary at points. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my last recommendation. Right. Space good horror stuff. is good. Space horror is good. 
Nice. All right. Yeah, well, awesome, guys. It's time to rattle off the things we rattle off. Yes, <laughs> Get a rattling. Okay. All right. So you can email us at splattershatter669 at gmail.com. I was going to start that with a www dot for some reason, and I don't know why. Going way back. Splatterchatter669 at gmail.com. You can tweet us at splatterchatter666 minus all the vowels. If that is too difficult for you, just search it. We will pop up. You can find us on Tumblr, splatterchatter.tumblr.com. You can find us, you can find Craig's blog on splatterchatter.blog, splatterchatter666.blogspot.com. There's an Instagram, splatterchatter666, all the vowels, all the everything. Um, And Mr. Craig is going to tell you about the Patreon. Our Patreon page is live. You can find that at splatterchatter666.patreon.com, where you can, if the spirit of generosity so moves you, become a donator and patron to this show. We have three different levels. You can be a Jason, you can be a Freddy, or you can be a Michael. Um, There are uh, different uh, levels of perks that come with that including um, submitting a question to the show that Miss Mel and I will answer at the top of the episode, including a subscription to our newsletter, The Howler, including possibly even being a uh, show programmer, which means you would get to pick the topic of an entire episode that Miss Mel and I would have to cover. Um, donations are at $1, 5 and $10 pledges a month. Um, and the Patreon also just has other information about Miss Mel and I, uh, projects that we're working on, and our goals for the show. So mm-hmm. check that out. Um, please also, if you're thinking about it, give us a rating and a review on iTunes, which is where you can listen to the podcast. You can also listen to the podcast on SoundCloud. Um, I think that's everything, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um so a big thank you to Pauline for uh, being our very first guest on Splatter Chatter and for sharing your wonderfully expert knowledge on horror video games. So glad. Thank you for having me on. It was a of lot of fun. We will. We want I will have continue you... to haunt the show. <laughs> yes, you will haunt the Here show. We want to have you back. I think we want. I feel like. We have talked about or like alluded to doing a show where like we make Colleen watch something. Yeah, or, yes. or like, like a booze and booze. You're gonna watch the box trolls. Yes. <laughs> so I think we're definitely going to bring you back. Um, I would love to come back. But thank you so much, Miss Colleen. And um. The next time we see you guys, it will be um, another installment of our Friday the 13th special. So, Miss Mel and I will be covering Friday the 13th Part 3 and getting into all of the details and the history and the analysis of the third film in that franchise. Um, And until that point, we want you guys to keep up the creep. And for now, we will say au revoir, adios, and das vidanya.